This is an ABC podcast. Parent up, parent up, parent up, parent up. Um, can we please move on to the pod, please? <laughs> Fine. Okay. I'll allow. Right. I'll allow this once. Thank you. Okay. So the reason why we wanted to do this pod is because, D, we get advice from sex therapists all the time to diversify our pleasure and the way we touch ourselves and each other and just really like explore sensuality in ways that we might not even consider. But what about diversifying our sources of pleasure and arousal and eroticism? Yeah, because I feel like the way that we learn about what happens in sex is through porn, right? Like a lot of the scripts that we follow is stuff that we've learned when we were younger watching porn. But I want to know how many people out there are actually watching porn and getting off to it and enjoying it? So true because this is how we feel, right? Like when we watch porn, like if you go to the main porn pages, Pornhub, Reggie, whatever, like some of the stuff on there is just so... So hectic. And there's so much of it. Like, there might be something really good on there, but at the same time, I just feel overwhelmed by it and I'm just not turned on. So I kind of have ditched porn. Like, I don't really watch it, to be honest. Mm, And I feel like a lot of the time on these main sites, it is through the gaze, the male gaze. And, like, so much of it is just so unrealistic. It just makes you feel insecure about yourself and your body. Yeah. you're like, I will never look like that and I'll never be able to. And, like, when you actually start to have proper sex, you realise, like, no, it doesn't. You get so angry because you're like, no, it doesn't. They can't just do that. Yeah. They can't just insert the uh, into the uh, and then, you know, it's ready to go. Exactly, exactly. So my question then is what are the alternatives that are going to give me fanny flutters? That's what we're going to find out. In this app, we're going to delve into the world of audio porn, erotic fiction, and also, hey, if you're a really visual person and you still love to watch porn, we've got something for you too. And we're also going to chat about why it is super important to take a step away from porn sometimes and watch realistic portrayals of sex. Let's start off by dissecting what you said earlier, Pip, like the fact that you can't get into visual porn. Yeah, why is that? I think that there's probably a few reasons. I mean, firstly, the storylines are so cooked. I mean, sometimes you log on and you see the first video and it's like slutty stepsister gets gangbanged by stepdad. And and I'm just like, look, I'm not going to try and yuck anyone's yum because if you like that, that's fine. But for me, it's a little bit intense. Yeah, totally. And I feel like sometimes when you are sleeping with people, it just feels like they're performing and they're copying what they have seen on porn. And it feels so disconnected and like acting. And this is actually something that Cindy Gallup picked up on over a decade ago. I date younger men. Um, The men I date tend to be in their 20s. And about 14, 15 years ago, I began realising through dating younger men that I was encountering what happens when two things converge. I realised I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. It's when those two things converge, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. Yeah, so Cindy was obviously sleeping with people and, yeah, she was noticing how the sex was feeling like it was straight out of a porno. Has this ever happened to you, though, Dee? Have you noticed any moves being tried on? 
Oh, totally. I feel like you can tell straight away when you're sleeping with someone whether or not what they're doing, quote unquote, like the moves is something that they've just copied out of porn because like my friend and I call it the routine, but sometimes it just feels really mechanical or they'll just do things that you know that they've seen watching porn. I have totally had that happen to me. Um, I was sleeping with somebody and then just out of the blue, out of nowhere, they just spat in my mouth. (gasps) I've had that, but they spat down there. Yeah. And I was like, what? I just felt like I was like, this is not a move that you learn anywhere else. You've either seen it in porn or like a really adult film. But Loki was kind of hot. <laughs> yeah, and like choking is a huge one as well. And we know that that's coming from porn. Yeah. And and the rise in that happening in partners, which is a whole thing. Did a whole episode on it. Go listen to it. We don't need to delve into it here. But, you know, a bit like what Cindy was saying was something that she noticed. It's like that general lack of maybe respect, connection, intimacy that was not happening through the sex that she was having. Yeah, because porn was the main sex education for these young men. And that's why she created Make Love Not Porn. It's the world's first and only user-generated human curated social sex video sharing platform. A mouthful, but that's truly what it is. We are socialising and normalising sex in the real world, bringing it out into the sunlight to make it easier to talk about. And so the way I like to put it is, if porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, Make Love Not Porn is the documentary. We are a unique window onto the funny, messy, loving, wonderful, comical, awkward, hilarious sex we all have in the real world. And so in that sense, we are sex education through real world demonstration. So Cindy created this in 2009, right? And I feel like we have made progress with sex positivity and conversations around consent, but the issue of sex education still exists today because we spoke to Dr. Karina Lyons about it. She's a psychologist and she's the CEO of Act for Kids who did some research recently into sex ed in Australia. And honestly, it's just... It's just not good. So we found that 79% of Australians said that the sex education that they received at school really didn't prepare them for real-life sex experiences, which is um, a real worry because two-thirds of kids are sexually active before they're 18. So if they're not getting an adequate sex education at school that prepares them for real-life experiences, um, where are they getting the information? Yeah, so if you think of those stats and the fact that we're not getting, like, good sex education in schools, the damage that porn is doing to people, especially really young people, um, starts early, and that's what Katrina is worried about. By the time you get to high school, this is all way too late. You know, we should be teaching kids this stuff in primary school and, and before because by high school, kids are already watching porn online. Kids as young as eight and ten are watching porn online. So they already have questions. They already see things. Then, And if there's no adult to answer the questions or explain what's happening, then it's too late by the time they actually have start having sex themselves. So, Pip, if we circle back to Cindy when she made Make Love Not Porn, This was the main reason why, right? Like so that people could learn and understand what realistic sex looks like so they can so it creates a safer, more enjoyable place for everyone when it comes to having sex. Yeah, and not even just realistic sex, but just like good behavior. And if you go to this website, which we did. We're getting it up now. Yeah, so type it in. Uh yeah. Make love not porn. Yeah. If you go and check out these videos, they're completely real 
unedited, unscripted videos of people having sex. And you see the whole process from start to finish. This is where you get to see the negotiation beforehand that happens in the real world. You know, discussion of boundaries, you get to see the aftercare. Because it's because this is the real world, you might see a couple who've decided to do a bit of a role play. Halfway through, one of them goes to the other, you know what, not really doing it for me. The other one goes, yeah, this is a bit met. They go, let's just have sex. And, and, and so it's very low stakes. We show it's fine to try something, discover you don't like it, and do something else instead. So much diversity in the types of people that are on here as well. Yeah, and that's the feedback that they've had from it as well, particularly men. Because it's real sex and it's actually so much diversity where you see men, women, trans, non-binary, that's the kind of porn that Cindy wanted to make, right? She didn't want to make it from the male gaze. She really was like, I want to make it from the female gaze. And when you get porn that's just from the male gaze, all the decisions that you see on screen and how things are directed, they just lose authenticity and diversity and nuance. Which is why... If you're a visual person when it comes to finding arousal, you might like to head on over to Make Love Not Porn if you are getting sick of the the type of porn you have been watching. Um, But there is also heaps of other porn sites dedicated to making content um, from different people's gazes. You know, there's Ex Confessions or really anything by Erica Lust. Uh, Girls Out West is an Aussie amateur porn company which highly focuses on ethical porn media. And there's Belsey as well, which is porn made especially for women. So it's just awesome to see that there's so many options out there if this is something that you want to explore. But if you are not a visual consumer, here are some alternatives to get you really hot and heavy. Let's chat about audio porn. Yes, I'm so excited because I have so many mates who are into this. I feel like I only just kind of came across it because of the hookup like we spoke about it I think like a couple of years ago and I was just like oh my god and even thinking this was something that you could listen to yeah but there's something really special about listening to a story told into your headphones it's very steamy it's very intimate and immediate and it's all about your imagination I love that the fact that you can just put yourself in it and it's kind of like yeah you can just picture your it's happening to you depending on what you're listening to it might be like first person based you know what I mean yeah completely you do this you do that put your hand here I'm putting this there it's like oh my god it's so good and that's what makes audio porn so different it's that ability to fully engage your brain put yourself in the story and we spoke to Gina Gutierrez about this she's the co-founder of Dipsy a platform for erotic audio stories and she reckons that is what makes audio porn so accessible it means that you can imagine whatever body type you want to imagine whatever skin color you want to imagine whatever setup whatever color couch, like all the things that actually matter, you can do that for yourself. And of course, we're giving you those cues. We need to make sure that our voice actors sound like people that are real and come from all over the place and have all sorts of backgrounds. Like we can do some of that work, but there's so much power in people saying like, I can put myself into this story. Um, I can be there in this fantasy. That's the best part, right? Like the best part is the fact that it's so focused on storytelling. Yeah, and I think we all know that in traditional kind of visual porn, the storytelling is so shit. Like, hey, did you order an extra large pepperoni pizza? And it's like, no, but... I would love to get your foot long, like, shut up. Or like the teacher after class. Oh. Not with a student. 
I'm Obviously. so invested in a story. I mean, that's probably on there. Well, definitely. <laughs> definitely. But yeah, I'm so invested in a story. Like, I can't get horny unless I'm, like, invested well, in a character. It's all about the build-up. It's yes. all about the build-up. And I feel like you just don't get the build-up in porn. It's so sleazy. Exactly. It's just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, come, go. Whereas Gina says, you know, this audio porn stuff, it's all about creating tension. That tension is one of the reasons, you know, you'd ask me, what are the differences between erotica and porn? And I think... That is one of the differences, the fact that we're constantly thinking about what the story at the center is, what the tension at the center is, what the desire is, and that matters so much between a really great story and a just okay story, and is where we really can create some magic, not only because we've become this really amazing team of storytellers, but also because listeners can actually design in their own minds what they want to see and imagine, right? Like we're just creating blueprints. And then it's totally up to you to decide what you like and what you want to envision. And that is really the power of what we make. Something that I feel with visual porn is that if something isn't quite right, right, like it can just completely take you out of the moment, almost give you the ick a bit. And you're like, oh, fuck's sake, that's done. Totally. That's over. Totally. It could be like just them, like an actor saying something embarrassing or icky and you lose your bono, you lose your momentum and... This is something that Gina said that their team takes so seriously in audio porn. It's avoiding the cringe. We think about cringe all the time. We talk about it as uh, stories in their past from the writer to the editor to the audio producer to the voice actor to the sound designer. It's like a glass orb and the chance of shattering that precious glass orb is so high with cringe. And it's so easy, you know, for a line to be met the wrong way by a voice actor for it to feel cringe or for the wrong word to be used to feel cringe or for the wrong sound. You know, early on in our stories, we were learning how much mouth sound people were interested in. Like, do you want to hear people kissing? And it was just really fascinating to realize all the moments that you're constantly accounting for, not only to make a story consensual and sex positive and you know, feel really safe and engaging, but also to avoid cringe. And that's so supremely important. Can you imagine if you were like in the cringe department at Dipsy? I'm just assuming they have a cringe department. I think I found my dream job yeah. apart from this one. Yeah. It's like a sub edit where you're like, take that mouth sound out. That was gross. Oh, it took me that's out of the cringe. moment. But also it's so like individualistic. Mm. Maybe we universally all find the same things cringe. Who knows? Yeah. We'll find out when we apply. <laughs> <laughs> um, but something we are told all the time by our sex therapist mates, Georgia Grace, Cam Fraser, Tanya Coons, is to just completely slow down. That's what can make sex so great. And that's what audio porn does, right? Like it kind of forces you to slow down. And that's what Gina is all about achieving, that slow burn. But there's this idea of scarcity mindset that we all live in that there's never enough so it's either like i'm the most attractive person in the world or i'm unattractive or i'm either like elon musk or i'm poor like there's nothing in between and i think a lot of porn culture or the way that we talk about porn or maybe just porn itself is very scarcity minded it's either like wham bam or you're not feeling anything at all it's very sensation based and i think there's something really powerful with a slower burn with something that allows you to like tap into your own fantasies and your own imagination to say like, what if I'm just focused on my feeling and my experience and what this is like for me? I really resonate with what Gina said just there because I want that slow burn. Like I'm not here for like the rapid dash to the finish line, even though that's great and sometimes is needed, but give me that 
simmering sexual tension. Well, please. also if you if you have a vulva, like it does take twenty minutes to be fully aroused, so Do you that. can't do the wham bam that we've been talking about. And also another thing that we mentioned before is with mainstream porn, a lot of it does come from the male gaze. So something really great about audio porn is the fact that you can experience it through the eyes of like women, non-binary, queer. Like there's just so, it caters for so many different experiences. I think that there is definitely something to be said about more marginalized communities feeling like they are not given space to ask for what they want, to um, understand their own boundaries, to seek pleasure, to um, put themselves at the center of the story. Again, like bigger cultural questions. And so I think erotica does a lot of that. And so therefore it's more powerful for women or non-binary folks who suddenly have a way of imagining themselves as empowered in these stories, as as desired, as centered. I think that that means a lot. So do you want to get into this? Do you want to give it a go? Well, here is Gina's advice. Set up your space to make you feel really comfortable and whatever that means to you, whether you like lighting candles, whether you like making sure your roommate's not home, whatever that is, and put your headphones on and explore and keep an open mind and what we try in Dipsy is to make sure that everything's really clearly labeled. So if infidelity really turns you on, amazing, explore that. If it really triggers you, avoid it because it's tagged like that. And so it's really safe to explore around and you won't find a bunch of stuff that you wish you didn't see or hear. Okay, we can't talk about audio and not talk about ASMR. ASMR. <sighs> yeah, let me do this. And then hold on. Oh, wait. Here's the sound. Hold on. Oh. No, I feel sick. I'm making myself sick. Wait, so you're not into ADS, ASMR? Not into it? Uh, nah. Really? I don't think so. So do you think you would maybe be into erotic ASMR? I mean, maybe. So I've been listening to relationship role plays for a few solid weeks now. And aside from that weird little gynecologist meltdown, I'm having a sick time. I have done a thorough exploration of the delicacies on offer, and now the only stone left unturned is the horny stuff. Laura Noyge is a writer, filmmaker, and podcaster behind Pillow Talk. It's a podcast that tells the story about how she actually found solace after heartbreak in a world of ASMR, which... Sounds really strange, but stay with us. She said that she really wanted to just kind of disconnect from those feelings of heartbreak and everything, but found herself on a very niche side of the internet. So I just sort of (laughs) fell down this rabbit hole one day and um, found myself on a a very specific corner of the internet that was making ASMR relationship role plays. So their audios are very similar to audio erotica but they're not, you know, they're not explicitly um, sexual. They're just people role-playing but via ASMR. So with all the whispering and the, the sort of sound effects that come with that as someone who really cares for you and someone that you're in a romantic relationship with. And as someone who'd just been broken up with, that was very comforting to me and kind of meant I could fill that hole without having to go on actual dates. I don't know about you, Dee, but I was so intrigued to hear about this the fact that she got really into this audio content because she was lonely, basically. Yeah. And, like, how did she find erotic ASMR? Well, again, just kind of went down that uh, 
K-hole of links in her own words. <laughs> For the first, you know, minute, I was having that kind of cringe feeling you were talking about just because it was so foreign. And when I kind of like surrendered to the experience, it was so hot and so much hotter than watching um, sort of traditional visual pornography for me personally, I think, you know, there's, there's less cognitive dissonance because um, you're, you're, no, you're not a voyeur, you're, you're really in the scene, but also you're kind of, because, you know, most, not all, most audio erotica is, is, is made by people who are feminists, like the people at Dipsy. So you're not going to find, um, you know, porn that's like potentially distressing to watch. So what exactly does it sound like? Well, Pip, we were trying to find some before and it was we were like, well, let's just look it up, try and get some grabs for the podcast. And it was just too intense. It honestly was too rude. Like we would be in HR's office if we put it in here. So... Here's what Laura described it as. You know, people just in their bedrooms whispering their own personal fantasy into an iPhone and uploading it. And um, it's kind of a very beautiful democratic place. Like you can kind of go on there and and request, you know, what what you'd like to hear or what, you know, literally type out your fantasy into the Easter of Reddit. And you might get someone fulfilling that and creating um, an audio erotica just for you. Yeah, so if this is sounding up your alley, a bit of a vibe for you, get clicking, get into that K-hole and find yourself some ASMR. And it honestly was quite easy to find, oh, so you're going to have no issue. There, Yeah, it was right there. <laughs> Finally, let's talk about written erotica because yes. unlike you people I feel like you're very in the like audio you love in the ASMR <laughs> I'm a huge book nerd like I love reading I'm such a binger um so I feel like this is like so up my alley yeah this is definitely going to be for you and I'm the same like I love reading a horny novel like give me that trope enemies to lovers obsessed oh yeah it's my favorite anyway I could go on about my preferences, but we'll keep going (laughs) with the pod. But yeah, so written erotica really does take imagination to kind of like a new level. And I spoke to two romance and erotica ghostwriters about it. What's a ghostwriter? Okay, so a ghostwriter is basically where somebody writes a novel and they don't use their name. Oh. And they put like a different name on it. So you might be reading some erotic fiction by like... Um, Velvet Valentine, but actually Ooh. it's a 50-year-old dude called Calvin in the US who's written it. Amazing. So that's the vibe. But yeah, they take the imagination of audio porn and expand it across so many different universes and tropes. There's laws, characters you'd be familiar with, and maybe some you might not be. And these two writers I spoke to, they've written a bunch of different genres. Shape-shifting, Amish romances. You might be thinking, how does that work? But they make it they make it happen. Churning butter, I guess. I don't know. Um and Megaverse and Wolf Kinks. Wait, kinda like Twilight? I'd be um, so into that. I was not a full quite. Twilight nerd. <laughs> not, I was like Team Jacob. It's not quite they have this kind of like structure of like Alpha, Beta, Omega, and it's like a whole subdom genre genre. But yeah, um one of the authors I spoke to, Matt in particular, he had written over a dozen alien erotica stories. I guess it's like regular erotica except sometimes um an alien might have a a penis on his forehead too you know it's you get to just get crazy um it's a lot of like abduction stuff which is it was kind of weird for me in the beginning it's a lot of like 
UFOs swooping down and snatching up women and then they fall in love. So like, yeah, it's definitely, it's a wild thing. And there's a ton of it. There's an absolute ton of it. This is wild, but like, it totally makes sense that this would exist. I've just never delved into this world before, but now I'm like, oh, this is so intriguing. Yeah, completely. So with the thousands of titles, it's completely saturated. Like this market is huge. Mm. So how do you actually cut through the bullshit and get to the good stuff, you might be wondering? Well, Matt says it's all about judging a book by its cover. I think like Amazon, I think you can trust sort of that rating and those top 50, 100 those are usually pretty well written. Um, like the guys I work with, they had writers, they had editors, they had cover maker. I think that's really the key. Look at the book and if the cover's good, they're spending money on it. If the cover looks janky, they're not spending money on it. Okay, but what if you want to write something? Like this is, I'm like, you know, love a bit of a journal entry. Maybe I'll start exploring some alien erotica in there. Yeah, because maybe you want to write it for yourself to get off to, but maybe you want to send it to a partner. If you want to do this, I spoke to another ghostwriter called Paige, and she has some really great writing tips. Write with all of your senses. You know, uh, think about, you know, what is... What does really hot sex feel like to you? Um, what feels good? What what does the room look like? What does everything smell like? Are there candles burning? You know, what does your partner's skin feel like under your fingertips? Uh, you know, is it, uh, do you have music playing? Things like that. Like think about what all of your senses are doing. Is it dark in there? And kind of foundational to creative writing is show me, don't tell me. And using all of your five senses is a great way to sort of keep you on that track. So yeah, show, don't tell. And then um, almost a more mechanical thing is always use more verbs than adjectives. That's one of my most important writing tips. It always propels your writing forward uh, in a way that will make people want to read more. So um, so don't just tell me that somebody, don't say he is sexy, you know, tell me about something he's doing that is sexy. Use verbs, keep things moving. I love the fact that maybe if you haven't found something online when it comes to porn or audio porn or ASMR, ASMR. You said it right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> um, that you could just create your story yourself. You know what I mean? Like if you can't find what you're into and it might be something so specific, yeah. you can just write that story yourself and then reread it. Dude, that's what all my fanfics are. <laughs> If you go into my laptop, there's like a folder that's probably hidden somewhere from like 10 Excuse years me? ago. Oh, yeah. I used to write stuff. <gasps> I don't know anymore. I didn't know this about you. I don't know why, but I should get into it maybe. Oh, my God. Maybe we should play some on the podcast. Uh, uh, no, but you know what I will play out? You haven't heard this, but Paige, who we just heard from, actually wrote an original alien erotica piece for the hookup. Stop that. And I got some of our favourite Triple J presenters, to actually play parts in this. So, Lucy Smith from Mornings. No. <laughs> She's playing Thea. Oh, my God. Dave Woodhead is playing an alien called Bravik. And Stacey Gagoulis, our weekend breakfast presenter, is the narrator. Now, he does the heaviest of lifting. And I thought this would be great to play out because if you're hearing all this and you're like, I don't know if it's for me, well, you're going to find out now. So strap in for the next three minutes or so. Oh, my God. This is some original alien erotica <gasps> for the hookup. My name is Thea, not human. I said, God, was I... Was I helping him take the jumpsuit the rest of the way off? 
I stumbled momentarily as he pulled the suit free of one leg and grabbed his horns for balance while he worked on the other leg. You said I'm going into heat. What does that mean? Mating heat, he rumbled. The suit disappeared over his brawny purple shoulder in a flash of grey fabric. Out of my reach, but I was having trouble remembering why I was supposed to give a shit about wearing clothes at a time like this. Warm, purple hands gripped my hips and slid around to squeeze my now-naked ass, and he bent closer to nuzzle between my legs. It means that you've chosen me, Thea. And what? Oh, God, Bravik. My legs wobbled, and I tightened my grip on his horns as he slid his tongue through my folds and sucked gently on my throbbing clit. And what's that supposed to mean? I'd meant to say... But the feel of that textured tongue as he lapped between my legs stole the words from my mouth and the rational thoughts from my brain. Bravik ate my pussy like he was starving and I was a gourmet meal, doing things with his tongue that I knew for a fact humans couldn't replicate. Inside 30 seconds, my knees started to wobble and I felt myself wilt toward the floor. But Bravik barely missed a beat pausing just long enough to pluck me off my feet and lay me on the bed before he flung my thighs over his broad shoulders and buried his face in my centre again. He flicked his tongue across my clit with mind-bending precision and relentless speed, so quick that I could hear the soft whir of it between my own pleasured gasps and sighs. It was good, so good, and he seemed to think so too, humming his approval when I grabbed his horns and rocked myself against his face. Mmm, are you close, Thea? Bravik's deep voice rumbled against my core as a thick finger circled my entrance and dipped just inside. My hips bucked at the slow invasion, and his finger slid in just a bit further. Real close. I hissed. Please. No answer. Just a soft chuckle before he sealed his lips over my clit again, holding the hard little bud in place while his tongue swiped across it with brain-melting speed, and he fucked in and out of my pussy with that single finger. When he added a second finger, I dimly realised that just those two digits were bigger than any human cock or sex toy I'd ever encountered. His dick had to be enormous, and presumably just as purple as the rest of him. Oh my god! You are red! I'm sorry! I had to edit that, so I'm kind of like desensitised, but I was flustered. <gasps> I also am just dying because we obviously know Lucy and Dave and Stacey so well. So a part of me is like, like confused. <laughs> this is obviously like hot, but then I'm like, no, you guys, this is just too much. This is just, and it's also just so funny hearing them talk, like do it. Yeah. Can I tell you that Stacey did his lines in like one go? Like there was like one pickup. He's been he's been he reading some alien alien erotica. erotica and I love that for him. Oh my god. I have learned so much from this episode, honestly. Me too. Not me gonna run home now and just quickly Google a whole bunch of stuff to be like, all right. Mm-mm-mm. 
Yeah, try some new Walking. things. Hello. Yes. ASMR. Uh, anyway, we hope that you learnt so much from this episode as well. Hopefully you weren't listening to that in public yeah, not or in at the work. Car. <laughs> in that case, we're so sorry. Anyway, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So you can DM us at Triple J The Hookup. And you can email us, thehookup at abc.net.au. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.